Great, let me pray before we go any further. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that as we open your word now, you speak to us from your word. Please soften our hearts, give us uh, keen ears and uh, humble hearts as we hear your word proclaimed. Help us to see how wonderful it is that we can be united to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Acceptance. What we think of ourselves and what others think of us matters, doesn't it? I mean, who wouldn't want to be accepted, whether it's by a loved one or by a boss or just a a group of friends or, or people who you care about and respect? But better still, not just to be accepted, but to be raised up, to be lifted up in in their eyes. God's word says that we can be declared righteous in God's eyes. All of our sinful rebellion and muck forgiven. And the purity and perfection of Christ's perfectly righteous life attributed to us. Instead of facing the horror that, that we deserve before a just and holy God we can know God's delight. But how? How can we be accepted by God and know his delight? How can our sin be covered? And how can Jesus' perfect standing become ours? And and what about our fight against sin? Maybe there are particular things which we do or say or think which we're ashamed of and 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 which we struggle to stop doing or or thinking or saying or feeling, but it just seems like inevitable. Is it just a case of of gritting our teeth and, and trying harder? Well, let me put it a bit more generally. Have you ever wondered how you get to enjoy all the blessings that are spoken of in God's Word? Well, the answer is union with Christ. Union with Christ is not a single specific blessing we receive in our salvation. No, it's the best phrase to explain how we receive all the blessings of salvation. It reflects the way that those who have faith in Jesus are united to Jesus, and so we share in his blessings. Uh, Look at this bike wheel, if you will. If you imagine that each of these spokes represented a different blessing, uh, and then right at the center is Jesus, or or if you like, there's a sense in which if we want to enjoy all the blessings, we have to be united to Jesus, and so access all the blessings that are centered on him and come from him. We need to be part of the hub, if you like. I've got a little quotation from John Calvin to help us think about this a bit more. The reformer John Calvin made the observation that as long as Christ remains outside of us and we are separated from him, all that he has suffered and done for the salvation of the human race remains useless and of no value for us. Therefore, to share with us what he has received from the Father, he had to become ours and dwell within us. Calvin seems to be saying that if we want to enjoy the blessings of Christ, we need to be in Christ and not outside of him. Let's see this 
in God's Word. Do pick up uh, your service sheets and, and find that little insert I was referring to. If you look at the side headed, uh, the big picture of union, um, down there at the bottom of the page is a key verse which I've highlighted with the words, united to every spiritual blessing in Christ. Uh, This verse is from the beginning of a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. I'm going to read it now. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is to be found in Christ. And it is in Christ that God has blessed Christians with these blessings. And it's not just in Ephesians. Phrases like in Christ occur over 200 times in the Bible. On the other side of your insert, under the heading Union with Christ, I've provided a few verses on union there, uh, which refer to union with Christ from across the New Testament. If you just look for those two words, in Christ, you'll see them coming up again and again in this selection that I've taken out here. And, and I've also listed some related ideas further down that you can look up another time. And Jesus himself refers to his union with his followers in John 15. So phrases like, in Christ, with Christ, and through Christ, come up again and again. Perhaps like me, you've read them, but you've never really kind of dwelt on them and thought, what what does that actually mean? What is the reality that they're speaking of? Well, a few years ago, I uh, booked flights to visit missionaries in Africa. Uh, And if you imagine that... uh, that, that this little Playmobil man is me, and, uh, uh, and this is the plane. Um, when I go to the airport, what relationship do I need to have with the plane? Would it help to be under the plane, to sort of submit myself to the plane's authority in some sense? Or perhaps, I'll tell you what, I might be kind of inspired by the plane, you know, to sort of try and flap my arms or something. Um, or, or, I tell you what, I, I could watch it take off and, and, and whisper to myself, one day, that's going to be me. Or, or what about just, just following the plane? I could sort of take note of the direction it goes and, and pursue it, and then, you know, hopefully I'll end up there too. Now, I could be under it, behind it, somehow submitting to it, or inspired by it. But that would be of no ultimate benefit to me. I need to be in it. Good old Playmobil. Why? Because by being in the plane, what happens to the plane will also happen to me. The question, did I get to Africa, will be part of a larger question. Did the plane get to Africa? And if the answer to the second question is yes, and if I was in the plane, then what happened to the plane will also have happened to me. In much the same way, if we are in Christ, then what happens to him happens to us. Where he goes, we go. If we trust in Christ, if we have faith in Christ, if we follow Christ, then we're joined to him. We become one with Christ. We are united to Christ. We are in Christ Now we're going to focus on how union with Christ 
impacts two particular areas. But before we do, uh, let's pick up our insert, turning to the side, headed the big picture of union. So the big picture of union. I've printed some passages for us here which show that union with Christ not only appears across God's words, but also at key points of God's work in our salvation. So right from the the first verse I've included at the top there, talking about uh, God at work before creation, all the way to the bottom verse down there from 1 Thessalonians, which from 1 Thessalonians, which I've included, which speaks about those who are dead in Christ. So there's a sense in which even in our death, the way in which we're to describe ourselves is in Christ. Just as if I'd died on the, on the way to Africa in the plane, I'd, I'd still be in the plane. I would still get to Africa. From eternity to eternity, God speaks of us as having a union with Christ. Often we speak of having a personal relationship with God. And, you know, that, that is right and true. That is something that, that we get a sense of in Scripture. But actually, from the selection of verses there, I think it shows us that actually a more normal way of speaking about being a Christian is expressed through the language of union with Christ, talking about being in Christ. Uh, that is what it is, in a sense, to be a Christian. And that's just one of a number of implications that come from union with Christ. But let's start by seeing the difference that union with Christ makes to our understanding of salvation. Specifically, let's think about how union with Christ shapes our understanding of how we're justified in Christ or how we're credited with the righteousness of Christ. Uh, I'm going to read the uh, verse we had read earlier from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, it was, God made him, that is Christ, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, that's Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So that was from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Through our union with Christ, the perfectly sinless Jesus is united to our sin and becomes sin for us whilst we who who are in the grip of our sin are united to the very righteousness of God. We can dare to say that we become the righteousness of God. Those are the words there in 2 Corinthians. We become the righteousness of God. Uh, And to help us get our heads around this, uh, let me introduce you to my friends who graduated uh, a few years ago. is Jake and Claire, and uh, me in a lovely shirt, as I'm sure you'll agree. Now, uh, a few summers ago, um, they, uh, they got married, which, uh, which was a wonderful occasion, and, uh, and wonderfully, uh, I got to attend as well. So here's a lovely photo of, uh, of us. I should say that, that we were all enjoying ourselves. We, we were just happy on the inside. Uh, now, uh, let me tell you a bit more about them. Uh, after they got married, Jake started a job with one of the biggest um, 
wealthiest companies in the world who put him on a graduate salary. So uh, let me just uh, pop that below him here. Uh, And uh, let me tell you something about Claire. Claire, on the other hand, used to work here as a ministry trainee or an unpaid volunteer. So she didn't pay off any of her student debt. So I'm just going to put that below Claire just there. Uh, But something amazing happens when we're united in marriage. Uh, During the wedding ceremony, uh, Jake and Claire exchanged rings, a bit like this one. And they said these words to each other. I give you this ring as a sign of our marriage. With my body, I honor you. All that I am, I give to you. And all that I have, I share with you. In other words, when Claire married Jake, she promised to share all that she has with him, including a student debt of thousands of pounds. Suddenly, that debt becomes Jake's debt too. But, wonderfully, that's not all. Uh, Because not only uh, did Claire make a promise, but Jake made a promise too. When they were united in marriage, Jake promised to share all that he has with Claire. So all of Jake's healthy graduate salary will be shared with Claire. And will be greater than her debt. In a similar way, when we're united to Christ, we get to enjoy a far more amazing promise. We don't bring a large student debt, but a spiritual debt, a debt the Bible calls sin. And that reflects all the different ways that we rebel against God and reject him as our our good and, and rightful ruler, ignoring him, breaking his laws, making up our own. And all these things mean that we owe God a spiritual debt far worse than a student debt, a debt which we can't pay off and which requires punishment. But if we're in Christ, we're united to him. He shares in our spiritual debt of sin and we share in his righteousness. We're united to his debt-paying death on the cross and raised with him to new life. Because if we're united to Christ, not only does he share in our sin, but we share in his righteousness. And when God looks at followers of Christ, he doesn't see the debt of their sin. Instead, he sees the perfection of Christ's righteousness. United to Christ, we can be accepted and right before God. I should say, if you want to be united to Christ, if you want to uh, enjoy all that he offers, then you simply have to trust in him, recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord. And if that's something you want to know more about, please do have a chat with me or uh, perhaps a friend who brought you here or or any of the staff. Uh, I'd, I'd love to talk more about how we can have faith in Jesus and be united to him. But uh, imagine uh, if a few months into marriage that uh, 
that a letter comes through the, the door, um, and, uh, and it's for Claire. And it's a bill for all the coffees with students, which she had as a ministry trainee, um, which ministry trainees have to have a lot. Um, and suddenly, she starts to wonder whether her debts really have been paid. And she starts to stay up thinking uh, of all the things which might still need to be settled in a similar way. It may be that, that some of us may worry that when we screw up, when we sin again, maybe God no longer views us as justified, as righteous in his eyes. But we need to remember that we are united to Christ. We need to remember that we're united to Christ. His status before God is ours. Jake and Claire had had made their vows, they exchanged their rings, they signed the wedding registers and the marriage certificate. They're united in marriage. Claire's debts will be covered by Jake's salary. And if we've come to Christ, we've been united to him, united to his righteousness. And sometimes we may feel closer to God, other times we may feel further away, but if we're in Christ, united to him, we are as close as we can be, and we are righteous in him. And however 2019 pans out for you, remember that you are united to Christ and righteous in him. And as we make mistakes, or as we do or say things that hurt those around us, and and which even in some sense grieve God, we need to remember that we're united to Christ. We've been declared righteous. And when we find ourselves returning to an old sinful habit that we thought we'd kicked or or wondering whether we finally crossed a line with God and just gone too far, can God really forgive this? Well, if you're in Christ, you've already been accepted. Our status has been changed because of our union, because we are in Christ. We're not our own. We belong to Christ. We are in Christ, united to him. So we can be confident that Christ is our righteousness. If our union with Christ means that we are righteous um, in Christ and, and justified in him, how does our union affect our sanctification? That is to say, our, our holiness, our, our Christian lives lived out, if you will. Uh, This takes me on to uh, the next heading, Sanctified in Christ. If you turn back with me to Romans chapter 6 on page 1132 of the Church Bibles, that's page 1132, starting at Romans chapter 6. We had verses 1 to 14 read out, didn't we? So that's page 1132. Uh, Up until this point... Um, in, uh, in the book of Romans, in the letter. Um, the Apostle Paul has been teaching the Roman Christians all about sin. He's been teaching them about Jesus and, and the good news about Jesus. But in the previous five chapters of Romans, Paul hasn't uh, given a single instruction or, or imperative or order, if you like, um, in, in all the chapters of Romans uh, about how they should live in response to what they've heard. And in this particular passage, Paul anticipates the the question that some Christians may have. Some Christians on hearing uh, about the the gift of God's grace and how God's grace is more than enough to deal with sin, they, they might ask, 
well, should we just go on sinning that, that God's grace may increase and overflow? And Paul's response is to highlight how we have been justified in Christ. Because if we are united to Christ, we're united to his sin-bearing death on the cross. We can even dare to say in some sense that we have been crucified with him. And not only that, but that we've been raised with his life-giving resurrection. We were once ruled by sin, mastered and enslaved to sin. That is who we were, but that is not who we are. For we are united to Christ. The power of sin over us has been broken in our death on the cross in Christ. We have been raised to a new life. And so the case is made for one conclusion. The first instruction in this letter to the Romans, verses 11 to 14. Follow with me in Romans chapter 6, verses 11 to 14. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. So we're not to simply let go and, and let God, waiting for some sudden transformation to occur. No, we start by remembering that we are united to Christ, justified and righteous in Christ. Then as we remember and lay hold of that reality, we can live out this holiness, counting ourselves dead to sin, resisting the evil desires of sin, and instead striving to offer ourselves to God as those who are alive to him, as instruments of righteousness in his service. Uh, one of my predecessors put it like this. If you imagine you were a burglar, someone who stole stuff, then imagine that you went to prison, you got reformed in prison, and they let you join the police force afterwards. Now, imagine you're just walking down the, the street one day uh, in your police uniform, and you chance upon a car window with a lovely, juicy wallet just sitting there on the dashboard. And... Uh, and before you know it, almost instinctively, you reach out for it. And as you reach out, you see your arm. And you see that your arm is, is no longer uh, covered in the black and white stripes standard to all burglars. But instead, your arm is encased in the black uniform of a police officer. You're an officer of the law. You have a different status, and you can live out your new identity, leaving the juicy wallet where it is on the dashboard. Our identity has changed if we are in Christ in a much more profound way than just from a burglar to a police officer. It's, it's much deeper than that. Our identity has changed. We are in Christ, united to him, and so we can now live a different life. We can now live as who we are in Christ. I don't know what your most frustrating and addictive sin is. I don't know what the one area of your life is that you feel like you just can't kick. Well, well, don't just hear me say, try harder. No, 
listen closely to the Apostle Paul. Hear him whisper in your ear. You are united to Christ. You have been united to his death. United to his resurrection. You can live a new life free from slavery to sin. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Fight to offer your body and all of your life as an instrument of righteousness. Living out the righteousness you have in Christ, you are united to Christ. Let me remind us of our whirlwind tour of union with Christ. We started by thinking what it means to be in Christ, that that we're united to every spiritual blessing in Christ. Then we saw the big picture of union briefly, which, which spans across eternity from, uh, from the start of the Christian life all the way to being dead in Christ. And we focus specifically on how union with Christ changes our understanding of being justified in Christ, righteous in God's sight, and sanctified in Christ, living out our holiness in practice. And if you want to enjoy the blessings of being in a plane, its its ability to fly and to deliver you to another destination, you must be in the plane. But I guess unlike a a plane journey, the joy of of Christians is not that Jesus gets us to, to a particular destination like heaven. No, the joy of Christians is being united to Christ. Jesus is the goal. In a sense, being in the plane is the highlight if you, as it were. The best thing about heaven is Jesus. Being united to Christ is the greatest gift of all. Let me just pull it together with one final uh, quotation from Calvin. Uh, he said this, as soon as you become engrafted into Christ through faith, you are made a son of God, an heir of heaven, a partaker in righteousness, a possessor of life. And you obtain not the opportunity to gain merit, but you gain all the merits of Christ, for they are communicated to you. So if we're in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. To be a Christian is to be in Christ. We are united to Christ. Let me close us in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much that if we trust in you, if we have faith in you, then we are united to Christ. We are in him. We thank you for all the blessings that flow to us through that. The, the blessing of being justified, of being declared righteous in God's sight, of, of, of being sanctified, having the, the power of Christ, his spirit in us, enabling us to fight sin, giving us the motivation and the power to do so. We thank you for all that we have in Christ. Please help us to see the difference that this makes as we think about ourselves, as we struggle with sin, as we struggle to, to live for him. Help us to keep remembering who we are in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.